Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 24th edition of Rinky Dinking. I've been told by our illustrious engineer with this little mousetrap engineering utensil that our microphones are plugged into that this is our 24th edition of Rinky Dinking. Just as there are 24 hours in a day, there are 24 episodes of this podcast. With me once again today, the illustrious Mike Heike, senior writer for DallasStars.com. Hello, Michael. It's just my 23rd. That's there's true. Only, there's only one person who's been here for yeah, all 24. We'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, Tom Holy of Holy Puckaganda is here as well. He is the VP of Communications for the Dallas Stars. And of course, uh, Mr. Everything Digital. I just call him the Digital Wizardadol. Jeff Totes. I have the minutes from our first rinky dinking here. Can you believe that? Anybody curious what we talked about? Hockey. You're right. You nailed it. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> uh, we introduced uh, Holy Puck again as the, the multi Dick Dillman award winning. Forgot about that. Way to go. Uh, we we mused about maybe dramatic reading old Heike articles from the Dallas Morning News. That never made it off the ground. <laughs> Would have been fun, though. Uh, our 24-year-old millennial is now 25. That's how long this has been going on. Uh, and we talked about training camp and and various other things. I also introduced you guys to the actual definition of the term broadcasting. Since I, Daryl Ray, come from the world of broadcasting, it originates in farming. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. No, I do. Well, you can yeah. go back and listen to the first edition. I, I think, think I'm going to do that tonight. I think they're all there. No, don't. Uh, it means scattering seeds across a large field. Mind vitamins. Anywho, uh, we're recording this on April Fool's Day, and none of that was an April Fool's joke. I hate April Fool's Day. I hate practical jokes. I always have. I've never been into them. Uh, they're like the the... Toilet paper humor, knock knock joke of the humor world day. I have actually. Uh, you love them, I'm no, sure. No, no, no. Actually, I, for some reason, I can't even watch it. Like when they're doing pranks and stuff on TV, I have to turn it off or radio. I, I mean, I have to change the channel. I just think it's uncomfortable. One of the worst shows in the history of television, I hate to admit it, is a Canadian show called Just for Laughs. And they do the worst street pranks on that thing that are so unfunny but they pound it i mean carpet bomb it with canned laughter which makes it even worse so it's the only bad canadian show there is though you know what show i really hate though murdoch mysteries award shows so we're gonna have one <laughs> there's gonna be some music here right i don't have to make that myself totes you got it. Uh, I despise award shows. I've got a lot of hate in me today. I came in sunny, <laughs> but I've turned I've turned hate hate her. Uh, I find them just cringeworthy. Uh, they're they're a unfunny what they have to read on there. Uh, B they're not entertaining. C they're too long. D eh, the the acceptance speeches are are a joke. They're they're criminal. Uh, e they don't let the people that should be talking talk long enough, and they allow the people that shouldn't be talking at all to talk too much. Uh, but I do like award show dresses. I'll go with oh. that. I'm a fan of those. I like the fashion element. Oh, Tom Holy's reaching now. At the NHL award show, you like the players' dresses? See, that, that again, April Fool's. That's Frank. award show humor right there. That's award show humor. That's exactly what I was just talking about. You're saying that's not funny? It's not funny at all. <laughs> not, not even in a, a little, small way is that funny. In his head, it was. But as it passed from his mind through his mouth and utilized some vibrations off of his vocal cords and his tongue, it, it became extremely unfunny. He still thinks it's funny. What do we call our award show here? 
The Rinkies? Sure. Certainly not the second one. I don't think we can get away with that, can we? (laughs) Well, Tom's won six dicks, so, I mean, we can do the dinkings. (laughs) This is going to be Mike Ica's last appearance on Rinky Dinking. Anyway, broadcasters vote for the Broadcaster Award. They've done it for... It's weird. I find it... Here, I'm more hate. Want more hate? Sure you do. Why are broadcasters only allowed to vote on one and writers are allowed to vote on everything else? Like we can, the only thing we know anything about is the coach of the year. That's the only one. It's like we saw in Canada. We're in Edmonton. They build a brand new billion dollar downtown rink. They put the broadcast booths behind the writers' chairs. That is a dumb decision. No, it's asinine and it idiotic. It is asinine and idiotic. Farcical and dunsical. It's all those things. <laughs> I'll go you one better. How do the GMs get a vote? Because, you know, we're all worried. A vote about, on what? On the goalies, right? Don't they vote for the Vesna? Is that what they vote yeah. on? The Vesna. Yeah. Well, that makes all the sense. I know. The world, and, that just, and then you're like, but nothing else. So no coaches don't get to vote oh, on anything. Players don't get to. Well, players do get to get, vote on the, um, on the Players Award. What will we do when there are no more writers left in the National Hockey League? <laughs> What's going to happen? We're all the, working for the team. I know. So you will not vote will this not. year because you're not a card-carrying member of the Professional, Professional Hockey, Hockey Writers Association. And can I just say I'm actually looking forward to not voting. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. The, some of them are so tight, and then you feel like you're, you know, you're being. A Were dick. you a full disclosure guy? Did you show I, your votes? I did when they asked. Transparency, I think they call it. Here's my problem with all of that: is that when you do that, then now you're opening yourself up to every idiot out there, and I do have a problem with that. So, like, if isn't if, that Twitter? Yeah, but it invites even more because, all right, let's say. You voted straight ticket and, you know, did everything that you thought you should do. Then there's a guy in Philadelphia who says, man, you should have voted for my guy. And it's just. Don't don't worry about the the opinion of others, man. Stay stay in your lane, bro. Chest it up. (laughs) Stay in your lane. Well, here, these are going to be my picks for coach of the year. We get to list three. Is that how yours works? Uh, It's different for each one. Oh, is it? Yeah. What a five scatterbrained thing you guys are. Uh, Craig Berube, I think what he's done at St. Louis was like dirt shoved on them. Yes. Uh, John Cooper, because the the guys that coach elite teams and and top teams and they've been good teams before just get discounted and discarded immediately. I don't think he's going to this year. Uh, They they had pedaled to the metal from day one. That was an incredible coach. And he he changed his coaching staff on purpose and, you know, got the got the results he wanted. Be an interesting conversation with one of our. I know, but I'm just saying but, he made a, he made some hard choices at being a good team, wanting to get better. The other would be Barry Trotz. Just he's a he's a great coach. He's a good coach of men. I think I'd like to play for him. He's yes. one of those guys I would have loved to have played for. But to take a team that could not keep the puck out of their net and turn them into maybe the best team in the league at keeping the puck out of their net overnight and along the way losing the best player on your team and not really replacing him. Right. That's that's coaching him up. Well, and the other thing that's interesting is we always talk about culture, and they had a losing culture. I mean, it it was Edmontonian. It was bad, and he changed it in one year. Yeah. I mean, that's the well, thing to do. Well, it wasn't Edmonton bad. They've been in the playoffs a little yeah. bit lately, just not very good in the playoffs. You're really handsy today, Tom. Well, that was TV's Daryl Ray's vote. What would radio's? Daryl Ray's vote B. You know what? That you bring up a good point. I knew this would get him going. <laughs> that the, uh, this bugs the living bejesus out of me. So, all these other teams that have different radio and television broadcasts, they get twice as many votes. Correct. We, I get one friggin' vote, and I'm me, and I get one vote. This is I a, should get five just a, for being me. The Sergey Zuboff line when. Dominic Hoshik stopped everybody at the world, and he said, He's, they, he stopped me. It was me. me. I mean, I understand the others, but not <laughs> no, me. Not me. Not That's Z- a different level. Not Zuboff. <laughs> well, I, nothing makes sense. I would like to go in and flamethrow yeah. some of the stuff that goes on. I agree. You know, and we've talked about it before, the Jennings. If we lose the Jennings, 
trophy this year on some little mindless technicality that the league thinks is okay. I'm going to barf. I'm just saying that right now. That's a pretty, let's go that's into a yours. pretty strong protest. Let's go into yours. So let's pretend. Let's role play. Let's role play. You're still with the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Yikes. So spill some mustard on your shirt and don't comb your hair and dress really like awful. Like like, like, like maybe, I am right now. Uh, like maybe you just crawled out from underneath an overpass and then um, have at it. Open Co- up your notebook. Kucherov. Hart Trophy, MVP of the league. Hands down. If you ask Hands me. down? Well, there's some, there really have been some nice performances this year. Um, but what he's done... I know that the scoring's up. I mean, he is just... But his scoring is way up. Way up. Yeah. Uh, so, and yeah. And the other guys, there would be great choices, but they didn't get... Their teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Well, that's so. the thing. It's like, to me, I think Patrick Kane's had a fantastic yeah, year. but... He's not making the playoffs. No. So... Yeah, they'd be a non-playoff team if he didn't play this year. Correct. So, yeah. The Norris Trophy. This is a good one. I, I like Giordano a lot. Um I'd probably go with him. I mean, there, there's some good players out there. I don't know about Brent Burns. The guy can't play defense. I, <laughs> I personally think it's between Victor Hedman and him. Giordano. Like, they both do the same thing. Like, they both play against all the top lines every single night. Major factors on their power play. Killed penalties. Uh, put up points. Yep. Have a positive plus minus, it seems like, every night. The thing that might tip it toward Giordano is he's 35 years old. Yeah. He's 35. Yeah. Supposed to be kind of, you know, second pair and holding this thing together, not the lead dog and and uh, maybe end up leading the entire pack in offense from that position. Now they score a lot in Calgary. but And his team, I mean, you can argue both ways, right? His team wins the Pacific, wins the West. And Hedman's team, I believe, is the best team in the league, yeah. <laughs> judging by the points. Yes. Uh, you can't go wrong with either. I'll go with Giordano. Okay. Calder? <sighs> Pedersen, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, the numbers did. are there. Yeah, he did a lot in the early. Yeah. There's some good ones. Who would be your two? You know, it's so funny because you watch him every game and, and you see what Miro does, and then you have to go research the numbers. He's, he's 18th in the league in total minutes played as a 19-year-old. I mean, that says something. And then when you look at what he's done for this group of defensemen, which is 14 – you know, and he's been one of the the keys. I, I definitely do think you have to throw him in there. I, I'm biased towards. It'll him. be criminal if he doesn't end up as a finalist. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think he's got enough flash and sass, and to win it. Right. I don't think. And don't, they, he doesn't have the numbers. You got to really be. You you have to have almost no competition as a defenseman, right? In order to win that thing. If there's a forward, everyone just loses their. It's easy. Bodily, easy to look fu- at numbers. bodily fluids. There, there's some goaltenders that you'd throw in there, too. There's one in St. Louis that. That's amazing. Like, he's going to end up. Hart just started too late for Philadelphia, but, that, you know, as much as Barubi's my coach of the year, probably. And it's always linked, right? Right. You know, you've got a great goaltender, great goaltending performance. You're probably a good coach. Right. Duh. <sighs> They're so lucky to have us. Lady Bing. That's a tough one. I haven't even looked at the real numbers as far as uh, everything goes. Um, Val Nichushkin would be a good choice. Oh, yeah, you go. Taking a penalty. <laughs> and a high end, high uh, level of play, I think, also is in that uh, category. There. I hope they give it to a defenseman this year. I would love they, that. They rarely do. Yeah. Like, rarely. They don't even look. But Morgan Riley, I don't know how many penalty minutes he has now. Right. Tom, get on that. The uh, Toronto what? defenseman. Oh, my God. Oh, he does have a smartphone. For a second there, I thought he was going to have to grab a dial-up phone and go after it. Head to uh, the library and look at a book. Who was the other one? There was somebody from the West that was a good, going to be a good choice. I don't know how many penalty minutes he has in Minnesota this year again, but he seems like a perennial guy. Is uh, the little midget on defense there? Yeah. So, twelve minutes in penalties for Morgan Riley. Yeah, I like Morgan Riley. He's taking six minors, he plays all night. Uh, Jared Spurgeon's another. Yeah. What? 70 points, yeah. Look at what do you think? Go for it. All right. Uh, Selkie? It's funny. I, I love Bergeron so much, and when you watch him, there's so much there. I might throw the dice on this one and go Mark Stone 
who I think I know he didn't you know play a huge role in Ottawa. Anybody ever won on playing on two different teams? That's probably not true. I don't know if they ever have. Huh. But I mean, when you look at what he does on Vegas, he's really good. And my problem is I watch the West more than I watch yeah. the East. And so you know, now that I've seen him, I'm like, this is that how you voted in the past too? Probably Just mostly so, Western yeah. guys. Well, you know, because there's so many Eastern voters, I have to balance it out. There's only one Dallas. You should have got two votes. I know that's true. Maybe five. No, that's me. <laughs> uh, let's let's flip it to the Stars Awards. Okay. In these, so the, your MVP, which is not really. It's not easy to pick no. a guy. Because your goalies... I would pick a position. Right. I would give the award to Bisho, Bish Dobin. Okay. That's what I'm going with. I combined it. Just like the uh, people that have affairs in Hollywood. Same idea. Affairs? You mean marriages? Are they married? Some of them. Once they hit TMZ, are they married? I don't know. Don't they just link them first? Yeah, probably do. Yeah. When they're dating. Yeah, Bish Dobin. Bish Dobin, I like. Yeah. I'm Bish... Is there another... Tyler's been pretty good. I think he's been pretty consistent. But, again, you're right. I mean, it's a huge gap. The first couple of months would have been tough to – Well, and I keep going back, and and I'm probably an apologist for Tyler. He just didn't score. He was doing everything but putting the puck into the net. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the bane of my existence. Okay. So, you have a shooter, right, that is hitting posts and – and everyone talks about, oh, man, he's getting chances. And let's say he's making $25 million a year. But he's getting chances and he's hitting posts. He's just so darn unlucky. And, uh, you know, the goaltending's been good against him and this and that. Then you flip it around and you have a $15 million goaltender. And he's getting a piece of a lot of stuff, but they're all going in. And he has a 4.25 goals against average and an 880 save percentage. And what does everyone call him? A friggin' sieve. Well, you could period. Even, you could go Boom. back and say a guy. Not uh, unlucky, not yeah. nothing. Just he is awful. He can't stop his own urine. This guy is pathetic. Whereas the shooter is always, you know, oh, God, it's coming. You know, I'd be worried if I wasn't getting chances. If I wasn't getting chances, I'd be concerned. Well, at the goaltending side, well, I you should be worried if the puck's going in. You should be worried because that's your job. Very, your job is to put the puck in the net. It's a very emotional debate. It is. You, Unsung hero. <laughs> Anton Hutovin. I hate to go back. He's not to unsung. Goal. We've talked about We've him all year. We're singing about him now? We sing his praises. You cannot be unsung when you're being, being sung, sung about. about. Totes knows that. Esselinda. Eh, not bad. Okay. I'm not going to crucify you on that. But the answer is Roman Polak. I've been on Twitter. They're not going to agree with you. (laughs) I know, but that's what makes him unsung. Yeah. Because nobody thinks he's doing any good, but he really is. He's a good tool. I believe unsung is a song by tool. You wouldn't know that. Look that up, totes. I always say I'm a tool for the uh, fans. Yeah, that's a different (laughs) thing altogether. The Stars are top five in penalty killing. Yes. The only guy that plays more penalty killing minutes than Roman Polak is Essa Lindell. Right. Uh, the goal he scored just for that. <laughs> What's a beautiful goal. And he's had Roman, a couple more chances you love, That's the old line. Roman, uh, we got 10, 15 minutes here. Why don't you tell us about the goal you scored last year? <laughs> it's just it's so much. And he could. You could yeah. take 15 minutes on that goal. And – the thing that, that our beloved fans and you as a, as a scribe that has turned your back on the Professional Hockey Writers Association would not understand is what goes on behind the scenes and Roman's leadership and either helping little Miro. I don't know how much little Miro needs for help, but he's had him beside him the whole year. Yeah. And I know it's a yin and a yang type thing, but I think there's a major positive in that, like, did you notice the other night in Vancouver who the partner for Quinn Hughes was? Yes. Yeah, it's Luke Shen. You need a patrolman yep. next to these guys. So there, there have been times. There's enough in there in watching Roman, and I know he makes, he he makes these mistakes of being just who he is, and maybe trying to be something that. Well, he's, and again, he's you scale a guy up, and he's, he's not, gonna he's make not supposed mistakes. to be playing right twenty minutes a game, top four minutes. Right. That was not the idea this year, but right. when you have. Four million man games lost to injury, you have to have that. The other guy I would toss in there is not even a player because I'm allowed to do this because it's my podcast yes. or our podcast. No, it's your podcast. Rick Bonus. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. I love him in practice. 
just that moment when when Lesperance and Zuccarella collide, and uh, and Bonus goes, "That's not good." Just shouts it out the whole. It's a narrative. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, Star Selkie. Star Selkie. I got to go with Radic. I know there's others who do it, but I I love Radic. I talked to him the other day. He Where, was, are you guys okay over here? I wish we had a camera. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Not to bring back the hiker voice, but <laughs> Star Selkie, <laughs> you went up to another octave. I told Totes that I, my voice would fit in the new rapping genre because they're all nasal and high. <laughs> I need to work on my rap game. Or just sit more comfortably yeah, or something. Maybe that's yeah, it. Sure. That's a problem there. <laughs> They both think I that's, have a terrible voice. That's so cruel. And today you're kind of throaty because oh, you're. Oh, that's right. I'm sick. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I okay. Here's where I would actually drag Tyler back in. Mm. I, I would. Now Radix, Radix, my guy too. He just gets sicked on too many checking assignments right. at home and that. But when you look at the end of a lot of these games and you watch the number of critical faceoffs that Tyler has to take. Now, he doesn't kill penalties as much as he did right. last year for Hitch. But, I mean, he's he's still having to play pretty straight up against top centers on the other side. Yep. And as much as, yeah, you need some offense and you want it, he's got a responsibility defensively too. And I, I don't think it's been as wall-to-wall good as it was last year, but it's not as, it's not as bad yeah. as maybe some people would like to perceive. And I've got, I've got great respect for him sacrificing at times, yeah, too. you know, it's funny. I mean, because he can be an annoying human. I, I'm sure Tyler will listen to this and go, what, what are you talking about? Like, he, you know, can be that guy who's, you know, you could sit there and go, as a veteran, you're going like, well, he doesn't care about defense. Or he really does. He has bought in, and he, like, when I watch him, I have a lot of respect for the amount of intensity he has from start to finish. And that's hard to do in an 82-game season, and I think he does a pretty good job of it. Stars Norris? Klinger's had some ups and downs. I'd go with Esselindo. You're going to go with Miro. I'm, I'm torn. I'm going with Esselindo. I am too, I think. Yeah. yeah. He just does so much. You know the other thing he does that's interesting is diffuses. Tan. Well, no, no I don't. That's a tanning thing. I don't think he's no. that good. He says he does, though. Well, so does Klinger. Well, <laughs> Klinger was... When he was up there at that press conference. I've seen that, darker ping pong balls than know, him. But. With, that, with his hair all done up and everything. He really, he looked like just a caricature, like a cartoon character. Um, but Essa does, like he diffuses plays so well, just tapping yeah, he's a psycho pucks. killer. And, you know, five foot pass. Psycho killer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, that's yeah. a hockey song. That's pretty good. I like that. I think we killed on the uh, award show. I think we did too. Can you play us off with some music? I thought... The last four minutes of this, we, nobody heard because they played off the music. We had to go to break. Just like an award show. That's award show humor. Just keep talking while April the music Fool's plays and everything. <laughs> All right. Straight ahead, as we work our way toward the final of the final rinky-dinky of the season, it's very popular for people to talk about their journey. Talk about your journey. Talk about your journey, Mike Heike. We're going to talk about our journey next. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Uh, I've been corrected on the show, too. Unsung? Helmet, not tool. Seems a lot the same to me. Well, it's <laughs> genre. Yeah. It's all genre. So it's a very hip phrase to say, let's talk about your journey. Let's, let's talk about your journey. God, I just despise that as well. I don't think there's anything... There might not be a topic today that I uh, truly am a big fan of, but I want to talk about it, <laughs> uh, which is another thing I hate when they say talk about. So that's two things together. Uh, an interviewer 
with an interviewee and saying, talk about your journey. I can't think of a worse way to lead in. So, Mike, talk about your journey. <laughs> That's a great question, Daryl. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, what will 2018-19 regular season be remembered for or known for in our little D-Stars world? It's a really good question. I mean, like well, thank when, you, Mike. when you start at the beginning, like this is 15 different players than we expected to be here. Like, I mean, all the injuries, significant injuries. injuries. Mark Mathot and Steven Johnson, think about those guys playing the whole season on defense. And I think just they would be a lot better. I don't mean to be mean to the guys who filled in, but you had 14 defensemen here. The weird thing is it's tough to be better than right second first in the league. First or first second in the league, league yeah. in goals against average. Right. I mean, it, so, Crazy. That, so then 400 man games. They're, they're going to scare 400 Man games, right. lost to injury. Now we go to the process of that defense. Oh, wait, we need Connor Carrick. Oh, no, wait, we're going to trade Connor Carrick. Oh, wait, we need Jamie Alexiak. I mean, it's just been just a rotating door back there. Well, it has, but at the same time, when you can trot out Essa Lindell, John Klingberg, and Miro, Miro Haskinen. Every as, game. As half your group, game after game. They lost Klinger for 18 yeah. games. Uh, that That helps. Yeah. And then the other thing, obviously, is the journey of, of Jim Montgomery and, you know, what we perceived he was going to be when he came here and then what he's ended up being. I think that's an interesting process of a coach saying, I need to find what works. And I think he's found what works. I, I do think they're a pretty good team right now, and I think it's because they're doing what he wants them and Rick Bonus and and Todd Nelson and Stu Barnes and all of them, you know, I think they've worked together as a coaching staff to come up with a identity, which we laughed about, I think, in the middle of the year. Like, come on, you know, really identity? What, you know, but this is what they are. Identity out of necessity. Correct. The, the idea going forward, this is not going to be a team that's just going to struggle forever to score goals no. and will live or die on whether they can score three or score two. Uh, they're just not going to be that way. They create way too many opportunities, and they're just rancid at converting those opportunities. That's part of it. For me, injuries, Monty, yes. They really um, – do you think it's kind of the 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 aftermath of him at Den – Denver's back in the yeah. Final Four, or Frozen Four, again. Now, I'm trying. I was trying to think on the fly whether – when he left, that would still be his recruiting class then that was left over. And he ha sort of right. ha helped handpick who was going to take over for him. So it really is a little bit like Switzer coming in after yeah. Jimmy, maybe with the Cowboys. But they're they're straight back in there. It's been enjoyable watching and dealing with him this year. And uh, there's been some frustrations <laughs> along the way, I can tell you that. The infancy of our sweet, sweet Miro. That we're going to look back to that rookie year and see what this guy has turned into. Yep. I think that's been a wonderful journey. Can I give you a sidebar on that one? No. Okay. Yes, you can. Uh, I actually like Rope Hints, too. And, and the fact that maybe, just maybe, this team is going to start producing some uh, homegrown top six forwards. Well, do you remember when we talked a few weeks ago? We we're like, okay, this team's either going to be a playoff team or they're not going to be a playoff team predicated on what and we gave our input and one of those things was at the time the rope hints and dennis garyanoff jason like, dickinson like, can these guys provide something down the stretch here that they haven't before they need an injection of something from some youth to help them get in and you can argue well there's he's been outscored by i think one rookie since the trade deadline yeah. Uh, Sorelli in in Tampa Bay, so I mean he's he he's filled a void in the top six that if he couldn't do it, I don't think they're in the top eight right now. Yeah. I really don't. I no, mean, look at the goals it. scored and yeah. faceoffs and jumps into the heart of the power play and all those things. So that's an excellent point by you. Just a sidebar, noted writer. Uh, goal suppression at both ends of the rink is going to be sort of the marquee of this season. Yeah. They don't give up any. They don't score very many. It's funny just to look at the the stats. I mean, they're they're going to struggle. First or second in goals against, and 29th. They're going to struggle to score forty goals in the first period yeah. this year. Forty. 
in 82 first periods. They, right now, I think they have 37 or something they like that. They like to wade into games. Oh, man, oh, man. And then, of course, horse poo is going to be a part of this, too. <laughs> There's no question. You're not going to be able to look past horse poo. Right. It'll always be associated with 18, 19. And I've, I'll tell you this. I've been critical, obviously, of, of the goaltending and the inability to win on the road around here for a few years yeah. in past. Because you can't win when it matters the most if you can't win on the road and if you can't keep the puck out of your net. And that's why I'm bullish on this crew heading into the playoffs this year. They do play playoff-style hockey. They do. They're going to scare they, – they, they might do more than just scare the Dickens out of whoever they're going to face. Yeah. But they are going to, as our old friend Ken Hitchcock said when we were in Edmonton, they are going to be one tough out. Yes. And I agree. Uh, we're going to step out for a second. Tote's going to play some beautiful music. Are we ready for Holy Puckaganda right now? Or should we uh, should we toss around who we want to win the Stanley Cup if the Stars don't win it? Interesting. It's up to you. I want to go with Tom. Tom looks ready. The final edition of Propaganda from the Stars PR machine. Tom Holy, straight ahead. All right, we're back with Randy Hahn's favorite podcaster, Tom Holy. Hi. It's good Tom, to- did you you already covered the hike of thing. You wanted to come over the top and just buckle them with your imitation. But I think you already did it. You want to do it again? Third silky. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's higher. It's third silky. <laughs> He's got to get higher. You know, uh, the Bee Gees made a career out of uh, having a voice like mine. <laughs> That's true. I think they're. <laughs> you should be dancing. <laughs> Tom, save us. All right. Well, we're going to look at you, the rinky dinker. Oh, hold it here. Is that your broadcast voice you're throwing at Randy us? Randy Hahn. <laughs> Give him one. I know. Guest shot on a podcast, and all of a sudden he's coming in with, hey, uh, yeah, Tom Holy here, ready to do. Uh, my section of Rinky Dinking this week, they call this Holy Pacaganda. Then we're back. <laughs> well, obviously, the people who have listened to you are from United States and Canada mainly, right? I don't know. That's Did, easy. Are That's you using easy. people in the plural? Oh, I've, so you have several <laughs> listeners. Okay. Several <laughs> listeners that Ten, come from, that span the globe, that span the globe. And thank you to Jeff Odom, who is an unsung hero of this show. He's posted this podcast every single week to all the different channels that everybody's listened to. He's also pulled these numbers for me. So, Jeff Odom, thank you for all oh, this. Oh, God. He's a re- good man. Do we really want to hear this? Well, it's an awards show. I'm That's giving you true. my <laughs> awards speech. i got to right. thank some people. It's also a final. But I kind of disagree with the third number he brought. So, United States and Canada are the two biggest places that listen to this show. The We're third really America. isn't a country. The, the third is oh. a region that includes four countries. Is it a, it's not a country? I, well, not technically. Is it, more, it, is it a lifestyle? or a, It's the United Kingdom. An idea. Ooh. It's the United Kingdom. That is your third, that's where the third most listeners from this podcast See, come isn't from. Daryl Brexit. Ray, uh, isn't Daryl Ray from the United Kingdom? We're saving Brexit. That's right. We're, we're giving them an out. And then we have to go to the land down under for number four. Australia comes in at number four before Sweden and Finland. Wow. Which Today, is mate. So you guys are huge in Australia. They throw shrimps on the Barbie and listen to Rinky Dinking. You know it. Now they're, Can we be more? No, there. yeah, you, you could be more, be more worldwide. Let me get to the more oh, worldwide. Hold it here. Let me get to the more worldwide, Mr. 305. The plurinational state of Bolivia Comes in at 45. We have a listener in the plurinational state of Bolivia. Please send in a tweet to Razor at <laughs> Razor Five Hole or Mike Heiko over there. I would love to know who you are. We've got some people from the Republic of Korea, of course. Nepal. Yeah. Bangladesh. The Nepalese. Yeah. That's, that's on me because 
Uh, I spent a summer as a Sherpa over there, and I got to know a lot of them. We drank some wild tea, ate some bread, did some crazy stuff over there. So that's understandable. Uh, did, did you pass through Cameroon at all? Because they come in. Or was that Haika? I Cameroon. I cheered for their soccer team. Uh, yes. <laughs> there so you go. I think I made some So it's reciprocity there. then. Yeah. yeah. The United Arab Emirates is in there. Well, of course. Dubai. We're Cody huge Eastwood, there. right? <laughs> Bosnia and, of course, Herzegovina. Bosnia and Herzegovina. You have to include both. You have yeah. to include both. It's and like it, uh, uh, Turks and Caicos or uh, William and Mary. That's also another one. And you, two, the two that come in, Guam, Tobago, Guam, Trinidad, Trinidad, Trinidad and Trinidad, Tobago. Yeah. Guam comes in at 19th, actually, which is a small little island. Nation. I played with Dallas Guam with the uh, Hartford Whalers farm team. That explains that <laughs> Dallas Guam. So that maybe combines <laughs> the two. That's right. And then Guiana. I'm I'm assuming it's French. Guiana? French. It has. To I'm be. assuming because I, I think. Hey, you know what? Bonjour, comment ça va, French Guiana. All right, so now I want to test your medal. I'm going to ask you two questions. We are worldwide, though. That is something <laughs> else. Now, what Tom left out is that there's one person right, in, in each, each one of, of those, cities. and they're all expats. You can make numbers work for you, Daryl. Yes. I don't want to be questioned <laughs> okay. on it. We've talked about that all year. Yeah, we have. All right, so t the top 10 cities that have been listened to all come from the DFW area or Texas, Austin in there, too. But – where outside of Texas do you think is the number one city to listen to Rinky Dinking? I think it will astound you. Is it uh, inside the state of Texas? It is not. Inside See, the United States of America. Inside the United States of America. See, I would have gone with Toronto myself, yeah. just with all the Ontario boys and everything. Well, we didn't talk enough Leafs for them. Yeah, that's there, true. Though. They got their own stuff. No, in fact, a different country comes in before... Anywhere in Canada. Wow. Oh, well, that hurts. Yeah. Uh, I'm It'll gonna make go, sense, though. That would make sense. You I'm going to go with... It's got to be somewhere that you wouldn't think. Is it? Is it Seattle? No. Kenmore, Washington, though, is the third most listened to of this podcast from a city outside of Texas. Yeah. Wow. Kenmore, Washington. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Uh, Minneapolis. Nope, they do not make the list of the top 50 places. Right. Yeah, it is Los Angeles, California. I think there are talent scouts looking at Bingo. you guys. Some talent scouts. Are there some voiceover jobs? Are you jobs sure it isn't just Ron out there? <laughs> I don't know. San Diego. <laughs> there will be some movie animated movies in your future, boys. Los Angeles. Hey? Los Angeles, then Chicago, then Kenmore, Washington. That is an odd third. Yes. Hey? Stu Barnes' whole extended family. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. Now, when we look at cities outside of, the, of North America, where do you think we go to as the number one? Uh, Russia? It is not Russia. You said the, the United Kingdom, so I'm going to go with London. It is not Ireland. Nope, you have to think of our team. Our, this would actually make sense based off of our team. That's why I went with Russia. Yeah, or Helsinki. Helsinki, Mike. Well done. Thank you. And then the second one to Aterve, that. Mitakulu to all of you over there. <laughs> the only words I know I cannot put on air. What? The in Finnish fin words. In Finnish. I'll just say, Torve, Mitakulu. Hello, how are you? Torve, Mitakulu. There you go. Koksame, Koksame. Yeah. Ukse, Koksame, Kolame, Nalia. What number were they? What was this? They were number one outside of North America? Yes. Oh, Oops. Ukse. 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 Hey, hey. And then the second place outside of North America is Oslo, Norway. Oh, is that new uh, to the Zuccarello, list? Zuccarello. Wow. So the, I think it, Matt, we call that Matt's factor. It was an impressive period and a half. Electricity. <laughs> right. for th well, you know what? It's nice to know anybody's listening. Yes. You know, because we have adhered to the first rule of broadcasting, even though we're podcasting, which is always speak as if you're speaking to one person out there. And many times in my broadcasting career, not only have I been speaking to one person out there, only one person has been out there. And that one person could be in Albania. 
because they We're talking do, to you. They're on there. Right. Old Albania Al, this one's for you. <laughs> Call in after the show. All right. Stars are going to be a playoff team. They aren't as of yet. They're a point out. Uh, we're going to call them in. If not the Stars winning the Cup, who or whom would you like to see carry Lord Stanley's Cup around? That's next. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let your life pass you by. Weep not okay, so we're all on board that the Dallas Stars are our pick to win the cup. You know, there have been eight seeds that have and seven seeds that have been able to pull this off and past, and who knows where this thing's gonna end up at the end of the week. So if it's not going to be the stars in a parade through downtown for the second time, then who do you want it to be? And we'll go around to everyone. As long as Totsy can stay awake, we'll get around it. <laughs> so for We're me, get his opinion. For me, I'll go first. I'll say for th- this is for Tom Holy. And it'll shut Ron Burgundy up too. I want I want the Sharks for Joe. For Joe. For Joe Thornton. I think there, there's a guy. You always look at these guys, and you're like, who deserves to win one? I think he deserves to win one. Yeah. I just like what he's about. And this will be odd, but I'll pick the Leafs so that the Eastern media finally pays attention uh, to them because they get, they get so little coverage out there. Uh, although, if they win, the entirety of Western Canada. So you just cut it off on the border of Ontario and sweep all the way through the the prairies and into BC, every one of them will just hurl. Yeah. It'll be gross. It happens. All right, I have an odd one in the East. I'd like to see Columbus win because you make all those moves and win, then all the other GMs are going like, well, maybe we need to stir the pot a little bit. You just bit. want it to be a little more interesting. I do, right around a little the trade interesting. Deadline. And yes, then have Tortorella in the finals That's a good and pick. all that stuff. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. The other side, I was going to go with Calgary, but now that you say San Jose, I'm with you. Joe Thornton deserves a cup. I mean, you hate to say anyone deserves a cup. He deserves yeah. a cup. I'm not allowed to say anybody because i'm i'm in i'm in public relations and communications for the dallas stars and i'm not allowed to say anybody else joe thornton has meant a lot to me in my life and i do hope he could fulfill his dream but i'm not going to say it and you cannot get me to say it i'm gonna say nashville just because of all the recent playoff excitement how awesome their atmosphere is how much you can tell their fans want it I think it would be awesome if it... Boo! <laughs> you suck, Totes! Go back to Millennial Land. Whatever! Have you seen the haircuts there? Okay, I'm going to censor all that out. I think it would be awesome if their fan base finally got it and if our winner... Finally! If our winner classic Long next suffering year, ever since. <laughs> if our winner classic next year is up against the defending champions. Just because, yeah, the past couple years yeah, have been close, but yeah. not quite. I'm kidding, but I, thought about, I actually thought about that, too. Yeah. Only for the winter classic. The, You've got a defending Stanley Cup champion coming to town on New Year's Day. But that's the only reason. Everything else, oh, my God. Can you they, imagine? They're going to be a good rival. I will say yes. that. It'll, it'll be fun if they yes, really can start. Yes, yes, The Stars yeah. can start hating Nashville. Okay, so we're going to finish up here. And uh, our, our little muse at the end of this thing. I'm curious about this. He doesn't even know. But... You talked about this on the plane the other day, and it's about the you know goal songs, team songs in the dressing room after games, hats that they put on and pass around the room. These are all totemistic things that they hang on to, that they go back to in sports. Like yeah. there's a bunch of videos out from the NCAA tournament. You know they all have their song after, and they go in and do that. Stars had it back in the day with Turco and all those boys. They had it back in the day with Ludwig and all those boys with Pantera. They've always had something along that line. So 
The stars are playing what after the games now? <laughs> Obla D, Obla Da. Okay. And then the funny part Life of it. Life goes on. Life goes on. Uh, the funny part of it is, is that it's off the White Album, and they just let it roll. So you walk into the Stars locker room 15 minutes afterwards, and Dear Prudence is playing or something like that, and you're going like, it makes no sense at all. But I actually do. But that's the whole idea of those things. It's not supposed to make sense to anybody outside Except of the inner circle for whatever reason. Yeah. So the question to you with as, as young people today is the is the millennial athlete fan as into this stuff, this hoo-ha, as the older generation is? Or is it you guys seem to always want it to be different every day? No, I really I really like it. And you can see in the room after wins how much it means to the guys and how much they have fun with it and enjoy it. So from that aspect it's cool. It's not quite as turned up as some of the March Madness post games. Those are great. Is that with a T on the end turned? Turned. T U R N E D. Just turn. You know, I saw a guy, speaking of that, I saw a guy uh, on Twitter put out his kind of feeling kind of bad about the rapper who bit the big one in LA yesterday. His name was Daryl. Daryl. D A R Y L T. I might add that. I think you should. I might. It's almost as cool as Nipsey. Yeah. That's a name. That is a good handle. That's that a good is one. a good handle. Rest in peace. But the idea of the ha- of the hat or the whatever they have after games, and it's a cowboy hat with the stars. Yep. And then there's a song. Yep. Now, don't love the Beatles, but no. they like it, so yeah. we'll go with it. But you're you understand that and you're good with it. Yeah, I think it's cool. What what I really should like- there be a dance involved? Not every time, because but it- don't all. Every nah, one of those college basketball necessary. teams, and then they get their old fart coach yeah, in there to get dancing. in there. It's awesome. Those videos of Roy Williams doing it with t- the Tar Heels, that's funny. You love that. But a tournament win's huge, not a regular season. Maybe after a playoff series or something like that. Tom Holley. Can I tell you a unique one that I've seen from back in my day? Well, that's why we're here, and that's why I asked the question. The San Jose Sharks, they started to cut TJ Galliardi's hair. He really took a lot of pride in his hair, and so Joe Thornton grabbed the scissors and cut a huge chunk of his hair out, took the chunk, put it in a bag, and from, like, February on, they just kept cutting chunks of T.J. Caliardi's <laughs> hair out of his head. By the end, he looked like, I don't know, his hair was just falling out. It looked horrible, but they really got behind it, and the owner one day, Hasa Plotner, came down and cut a chunk out of his hair but everybody took a turn cutting go. chunks of hair out of tj galliardi's head there you go i mean i could there are a million things that we went through through the years you know and you watch junior hockey now they all dye their hair blonde unfortunately those kids from humboldt remember that they all had their hair dyed blonde for the playoffs you do it not to look good it's just it's galvanizing yep and the thing that i love almost more than the internal stuff are when fans get into it and it's their thing every game. And I think you need to have a bit of a run in the spring in order to organically create that. You can't, there's nothing can be prompted on a board or anything like that. Like it has to be something that happens that they grab onto and it just becomes what they're all about. And I'm sure they all have their own routines and they'll have more routines going into the playoffs. I just think it's stu- superstition, whatever. I just find it one of the greatest things about sports, period. Yeah. It's a small group, and, and you want to be galvanized. So I know you love the storm surge. Oh, and you see that they, they axed that for the final couple weeks going into the playoffs. Did they? Yeah. You like that move? They did the final one last week. The swan song? Yeah. I guess. Of the swan surge? Is that what you would call that? They said it's time to get serious. No more storm surge. Well, that, yeah, I guess it still falls in that category. And again, it's their thing. See, I don't like that. It, it's been their thing all season. Don't, and now you don't do don't it. Don't cut it out now. It's dangerous. It is. Because you're really you're, messing with it. What you're saying is you're saying now it's different. Yeah. And every championship team that I've ever known had the ability to just roll into the playoffs with sort of the same attitude that it's just more of the same, yeah. and here we go. The teams that got buckled were the ones that all of a sudden were like, roll it here, because they, they would get too tight, too tense, and never play their best hockey in our sport. So 
I question that That's decision the case. down there. It would be tough for the Canes to get in. It's a good point. I'm not unhappy to see it go away. Your best? Uh, I like it, actually, to tell you the truth, and I think it's a, it's a good thing to quit it and get serious. I, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I think the, the timing has been perfect. I, I just go back to the Rangers and the Antlers yes. and all that kind of stuff and how yes. Toronto just made so much fun of them when they were smacking them around. And when you have something like that, it can get thrown back in your face, and that's just the risk of it, I guess. Hmm. I tell you what, we, we crossed a lot of bridges. We covered a lot of ground. It's been a journey. And Rinky Dinking. What music are you going to play on the way out of this thing, by the way? Another turning point. No, you can't do that. It's played at everything. You need something better, something more original. And we, le- oh my God, not that. That's like every closing no. time. No. Every it, new beginning. If you hang in for some other one fifty-five at a bar anywhere on planet Earth, they play that song. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been a cathartic weekly kind of coffee shop talk. We've spitballed, we've griped, we've we've grandstanded with hockey talk. Great appreciation. Tom, you're reaching for the microphone too much. Well, who do you guys want to thank? If I was we're going rapping. in an award show. If we want to go in a before you, I was before doing you that. rap. Are you Well, no, I got to turn it over to you. Are you playing me off of my own podcast? I know who I want. Anyway, everyone, I love you all for listening. There's no point in podcasting if you're not there to listen to what we have cast from our pod. (laughs) At first, (laughs) I sound like I'm on a roof in Vegas or something. I was one man, and then my wolf pack grew by three. I love my wolf pack. Thanks, Totsi. Tom, as always. Mike Heikett, you made this happen. Who knows what's going to go next. I do know that playoff hockey is on tap, and we're going to love it. See you, gang. We'll talk to you again next season. I know.